can, I, I can lead more people to Christ. I know that, that, that I can fast a little bit more. I know that there's other gifts of the spirit. I know that there's people out, of, out there that are full of demons that need to be set free. I know that there's people that are, are addicted and, and they need to be set free. And I know that there's people that are dying and going to hell. And I'm not just gonna sit back and watch it happen. But I'm gonna grab hold of everything that, that God has given me and I'm gonna take every tool in that toolbox and I'm gonna put it down for the things of God. Today we wanna talk about the power gifts. The power gifts, like these are probably the most astounding of all the gifts. We, we talked about how um, that passage that we read, that there's uh, nine gifts of the Spirit. And these are supernatural manifestation gifts. There's other gifts of the Spirit listed. We went over that. But these are supernatural manifestations, like brief, like powerful moves of God like that happened and there's nine of them and within those nine there's we, we could kind of for teaching purposes build them into groups of three and there's revelation gifts that reveal something there's uh, vocal gifts that say something and we're going to talk about power gifts that do something somebody say power Jesus said that when the Holy Ghost is upon you that you will receive power to be my witnesses. In other words, to go out and to be an effective witness, we need the power of God. We need the power of God. So um, we're going to talk about these, these power gifts, and they're the gifts of supernatural faith or just the gift of faith, gifts of healing, and the working of miracles. So this should be pretty interesting. The first one we want to talk about is the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is this supernatural endowment that takes away any doubt about what God is going to do in a situation. And just as we talked about, like, the word of wisdom is a piece of God's wisdom. It's, it's like a piece of, you know, of, of God's direction. And, and we just... we. God has all the wisdom, but we get a piece of that wisdom. And just as we talked about like a word of knowledge is, is, is a part of God's knowledge, it's like that with faith. When the faith is imparted on us, it's like that we have the faith of God. Like, do you think that when, do you think that when God spoke and was like, let there be light, that he had any question? All right, I'm going to just, gonna, you think that God was up there. Okay, well, I'm going to try this. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm just going to say it. All right, let there be light. Oh, wow, look. No. Like, when God purposes to do something, like, there's no doubt that it's going to be done. As a matter of fact, that's what he says. He says, like, I'm God. Like, I say it beforehand, and it happens so you know who I am. That's the, that's the, the faith of God. I have no doubt that it will happen even though I can't see it. Even though at this moment I, I can't see it happening, I have the faith, I have no doubt that it will happen. So let, let's just look at a couple biblical examples and then we'll talk about some other things. Um, 
there, uh, Acts chapter 3, um, Peter and the crippled man. And, you know, you see that, that Peter is walking. And, and I'm going to kind of just give you guys the, the Cliff Notes version of this. I'm not going to read them verse by verse, but I'll just give it to you for, uh, for reference. But Acts chapter 3 you know, Peter's going through this gate called Beautiful. There's a man laid at the gate to beg. And, you know, Peter fixes his, his, his eyes on that man. And he tells him, he says, look at us. And then he, he says, you know, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And it said that he took his right hand and he lifted him up and, and the guy was walking, leaping and praising God. See, what happened is when Peter asked that man, when he said, look at me, he received the gift of faith to believe that this man who could never, who, who could never walk, like never had walked, that he could be healed. And, and right after that, we're going to talk about a gift of healing. Now, remember, these gifts work together kind of like links on a chain. So sometimes like one gift will flow, but usually the gifts will float in conjunction to one. Like the gift of faith opens up another gift to operate. In this case, the gift of faith um, made him believe that this man could be healed. So then a gift of healing was released. Talk about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? The book of Daniel. And, you know, these guys were... Um, in Babylon and there was King Nebuchadnezzar and King Nebuchadnezzar built this big, great, giant idol, said everybody got to worship it. And if you don't worship this idol, guess what? You're going into the fire. I, I, wonder, like, I wonder how many, like how many Christians really will not take the mark of the beast? Like, like I wonder like, you know, like anyway, let me just, let me get off that. Let me get off that. I got to stay, try to stay on course. But, but there's this idol that's, that's there and, 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 you know, they, they're not going to worship it. They're not going to bow down. And so, you know, somebody goes and tells on them and, and, and it says that, it says that they answered. It doesn't say which one, whether they had a spokesman or. But it, but it says, you know, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that's the case, does somebody have our handheld mic anywhere? Oh, well, it's not that one. Oh, it's my mic? You know what? Let's uh, let's do this. We'll roll with this for everybody. Hearing me? Okay. Kind of like it. I got that radio voice here. This is Rock and Rick on Q one hundred three. No, uh, so so you figure like they have a they they're 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 facing the king. And they won't bow down to the idol. And he says, like, you know, the God whom we're able to serve 
is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he'll deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image that you have set up. Now, being thrown into a fiery furnace, like, it wasn't like you would get a trial and, like, maybe you would. Like, no, like, they were serious. Like, you're getting thrown into the furnace. And as a matter of fact, it says that he turned that furnace up seven times hotter to throw him into that. And basically, at the threat of being thrown into a furnace for not worshiping, the, they received the gift of faith. Just received it. You know what? You throw us in that fiery furnace, my God will deliver me. But let me tell you something. Even if he didn't, I wouldn't worship your idols. Man, that's faith. That's faith. That's a gift of faith. A gift of supernatural faith. And we all know what happened. I, um, I've, I've had sort of, and sometimes it can be a little more subtle. I mean, obviously those are very dramatic but I remember um, probably, I don't know, maybe two or three years into pastoring the church, we didn't meet in this building. Um, the, we had old pastors that left, and this kind of place got winterized, and we were just kind of done. And, and, and so we met downstairs um, in, the, in the hall. We set that up kind of as a sanctuary, and this place was just sitting here with, like, no heat or anything. And... Um, had this same old green carpet that it did when it was a Catholic church. And, I mean, it was just, if you think it needs, like, some work now, I mean, you have no idea, man. It was just, it was just crazy. And, um, and we, you know, we didn't have any money. Uh, the furnace needed substantial, uh, substantial work to be able to get back on. And we just needed so much stuff. And, you know, I, I just got sick of it because I felt like, I'm just stuck and I want to move on. Like God didn't call us to this place to sit down in a basement and not move forward. And I had sat under pastors and that's just where we were at. We were just stuck. And then one day I just, I, I, I don't even know. Like I was just like, you know what? By Easter, we're going to be over at the big church. And then I was like, dang, did I say that? It was, it wasn't me. There was just a gift of faith that, you know, you just receive and you say, like, thank you. There's, there's just a gift of faith that rose up. And, um, and, and I said, we'll be over there. And then, you know, sitting there like, well, how are we going to do this? And it's like, I, I don't know. You know, I, I really don't know. Like, it, it was just there's something that rose up inside of me that just says, just tell the people you're going to be over there, and then I'll provide what you need. And sure enough, we just, we began taking offerings, and offerings, you know, were slow. And they were slow until the point where then just somebody walked up to me and handed me a check for $20,000 and said, you know, hey, I, I believe in you. I hope this will help. And trust me, it helped. Amen. Amen. If any of you guys want to give $20,000, I won't be mad at you. All right, amen, it helps. It helps when somebody gives you a check for $20,000. It helps. Praise God. But that was the thing that put us over the top. And then, you know, rest of the people gave and kind of matched that. And so, you know, we raised $40,000 like 
you know, and, and this was a, a matter of, you know, you know, probably not even having like a budget of like $100,000 in a whole year. And like we raised $40,000 in like one month and then we were able to use the money and we were over here and uh, praise God. And I remember uh, when we were, when we were starting our men's home, I don't know why 20000 is like the number tonight, but um, we were over in the men's home, and uh, that place, we were just getting ready to open it. And again, like most things that I start, I don't have the money to do any of it, right? It's like God tells you to do something, and you, you just, you, that's faith, right? You know, it's not faith to like get everything and then make this. Like faith is like, okay, like, Step into the, you know, step into the sea and I'll open it up for you. You know, that's faith. And so um, we were over there and we didn't have the money. And we're like, how are we going to get the money to start this place? And there were three of us and we were just downstairs praying. And, and I remember the three of us, we were just down there and we were just praying and we were believing God. And, you know, sure enough, it was like we just all looked at each other. It was like all at one time. It was like we just received this gift of faith and we're like, you know what, man, it's, it's already done. You know, we're going to get a check. And sure enough, we got a foundation check for like $20,000. That foundation, that was its last year that it was, it was in existence, you know. But we were able to get 20000 off it. So it was just, it, it's just a supernatural faith to believe God for something that seems like way too big for you at that time. It's different from saving faith, right? There's faith that, that saves, that you know, when we hear the gospel, we put our faith in Christ and that saves us. You know, it's different from the normal faith that we operate in. This is like a moment of supernatural faith that you get the faith of God and that you just know that God's going to do it and that you don't doubt and you just move forward with the things of God. And we don't got to do anything for it. We just receive it. You just receive a gift of faith. And you know, you can ask the Lord, because the Bible says desire the best gifts. Just ask the Lord, Lord, I, I need a gift of faith. I need a gift of faith. Maybe you need a gift of, there's areas that you have of that. Lord, give me a gift of faith. Give me that supernatural God type of faith. Especially if you have those big challenges in your life. It's like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get through. Like, give me the gift of faith. And, and sometimes you might need a gift of supernatural faith to pray for certain people. Maybe you're definitely going to need the gift of faith if you ever have to raise the dead. You never know. You're thinking like, I don't know, you know, I'm not even like, I'm kind of a little leery to pray for somebody with a headache much. What are you going to do if somebody drops dead right in front of you? Do what the Bible tells you to do. Go and lay hands on that person and life come back in his body in the name of Jesus. You're going to need like a supernatural gift of faith to overcome like your senses of everything that goes in and tells you like not to do this. You're going to, you might need a, you know, you may, you definitely would need a, a supernatural gift of faith if you're at the place where you had to face martyrdom, where it did get to the point where you know, if you don't take the mark of the beast that they tell you, well, you know, we're going to cut your head off if you don't take the mark. You know, that gift of faith knows, you know what, go ahead. It's only going to last for a minute. I'm going to be in heaven. Do what you want to do. Go get my martyr's crown to do missionary work in hostile countries. But that's the gift of faith. The next gift we want to talk about is gifts of healing. Gifts of healings. And it's supernatural healing 
of any type of sickness, disease, without the use of supernatural means. So it's, it's gifts of healings. That means there's plural gifts of healings. And basically they're there for every disease and sickness there is. There's a gift of healing. Um, we talked about Peter in, in the book of Acts, right? That was a gift of faith along with a gift of healing. That's how that, you know, to, to pray for somebody who's crippled up and never walked before took a gift of faith for him to believe that, then that released a gift of healing. There's, uh, you could look at the Apostle Paul uh, in Lystra. I think this is Acts chapter 16. I don't have the chapter um, right in front of me, but, but it talks about that, you know, Paul's going and he's, you know, he, he's going to a, a new land and he's trying to start a church and he comes across this cripple that's, uh, you know, in uh, the guy's been crippled since the time of his mother's womb. He's never walked. And Paul, it says that Paul looked intently and seeing that he had the faith to be healed, he said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And then he leaped and walked. And it said that the people were so blown away by this healing miracle that they thought it was their pagan gods had come down and they began worshiping these guys as gods because they've never seen a miracle like that. And of course, Paul and Barnabas, they, they, they corrected them and they said, look, you know, why are you worshiping us? We're, we're men with the same nature as you. And then they were able to lead these people to Jesus. You got, a lot of you guys know, you know, Pam Huppenthal, right? Miss Pam, she usually sits right there and and she's a big praiser. I, when I first met her, she was in a wheelchair. They had to build a little, uh, Dan built a little ramp over on that side door because there was like a bump to get into the wheelchair. And, you know, we were at, uh, we were at, uh, had a little fundraiser for a missions team that was going to Honduras. And that night, man, she just got yanked out of her wheelchair and just started walking around the room and hasn't been in a wheelchair since. Gifts of healing. You know, um, everything up there, all that medical equipment, you know, we're not, we, we don't store it up just in case, okay, if you fall down, you know, steps are in pretty bad shape, we better, you know, if somebody falls down, we'll say, oh, hey, we got a set of crutches for you. You know, that's not why we keep them up there. You know, it's like people came on crutches and we prayed for them and they got healed and we threw them up there. Uh, that, that sling, I think that belonged to Melina. She got all messed up, sled riding, and she got prayed for, took the thing off, threw it, was done, was healed. You know, I know that that boot, that boot went to Debbie's son-in-law. We prayed for him, and he's like, I'm healed. I was like, take the boot off. And he's like, I want to, but I got a dirty sock on. I don't want everybody to see it. <laughs> He's like, I promise, I'll, bring, I'll take it off in the car. I'll bring it back next week. So stuff up there. And, of course, you know, Trey's neck brace, which the uh, doctors uh, in the emergency room at Presby said that he would never sing again. He would never play football again. Uh, never hold more than 10 pounds, I think. Never lift weights again. <laughs> Aren't you glad that we have another, another opinion? Amen. We have the great... 
physician. Amen. So, so this is not, when we talk about gifts of healing, remember, this is supernatural. This, this isn't about going to the doctor and, and getting treatment and feeling better. And if that happens, praise God, we're not against that. Um, it could be getting confirmation from the doctors that whatever they said you had, you don't have anymore. That could be part of it. You know, it's not from taking vitamins and, and, and having green drinks, right? All these things are okay. We're not against those things, but that this is healing without the aid of natural means. This is supernatural, and, and this also isn't, gifts of healing isn't the same as, you know, just standing. You can, you can stand and you can confess the word and believe God for your own healing. And you can just stand on a word and believe it. And you can get healed in that way just by faith in the word. But, but this is a gift. And, and a gift is meant to be given away. It's passed from one person to another. So a gift of healing is, is, is a power, a supernatural gift that flows out of one person into another person and totally heals their body. And old-time Pentecostals and evangelists, they used to call uh, divine healing the dinner bell for salvation. You know, just like on an old-time farm when it was time to eat, they would kind of ring like one of them triangle bells and all the people that were out working in the field or whatever, would, they, they were hungry and they'd come running in to get dinner. When you see somebody get healed or somebody is, it, it has some kind of sickness and disease and God heals them, or they witness a healing right in front of them, guess what? They get hungry for the things of God. Just as those people are hungry for food, they get hungry to hear the gospel. Like, what is this? Like, what is this? What is, how did that person get healed? Like, how was their leg like six inches shorter and then it grew out? Like, how are they walking now and they weren't walking? Like, it develops a hunger that leads people to salvation. All these things are just about um, are about leading people to Jesus. Uh, John G. Lake changed the entire um, entire landscape of uh, South Africa, and, and just because of the distinctive that he believed that, that that Jesus healed, he changed that place from mostly native religions to almost all Christian religions, and that and that was what his whole ministry and his whole platform was was just that Jesus healed. And my favorite story from John G. Lake is that uh, he had a meeting at his church and he ended up, this one guy gave him, he walked into an Anglican church and he just walked up to the pastor and he said, hey, uh, I'm John G. Lake and I need you to give me your church. And he's like, well, why would I do that? And he said, well, I believe that Jesus healed. And the guy said, you know what, I don't know why I'm doing this, but here's the keys, I'm gone. And John G. Lake began to pray, and he said, God, I'll, I'll take whoever you want to give me. I'll take them all. And he's like, the whole place filled up with Zulus, right? The whole place just filled up with Zulus, and they began getting saved, and they heard the gospel, and there was this one particular Zulu, and they said he wore nothing but a loincloth, like just walked around, just had a loincloth, you know, just kind of covering his privates, and that was about it, and word got back to him that there's some loincloth wearing Zulu just walking around out in the bush just healing people and preaching Jesus, 
And John G. Lake is like, man, I got to go, I got to go see this. I got to go find out what's going on out here. And, and some people led him to this guy and, and he, he saw this guy and, and, and he said, you know, what's going on? And he said, well, you know, I can't remember whether it was like typhoid fever or black plague. It was something like that was going around at that time. And they were telling, like, don't even go out in the field because, you know, there's just people that are sick and they're, they're dying. And, and he went out and he heard this man was just going out and people were, were getting healed. And, and they finally found the guy. And, and he said, what's, what's going on out here? Like, what's happening? And the guy in his, you know, the best English he could, he said, people sick, Jesus healed them. People sick, Jesus healed. And there was a village that was down the hill, and they were about to go down in the village because they heard that, that, that the whole place was kind of ravaged with this, uh, this epidemic, and, and people were dying in there, and, and they were going to go down the hill, and the guy kind of stopped him, and he's like, why are you stopping me? We're going to go down and pray for people. He said, you, know, you don't need to. You don't need to. And he said he stood on the edge of the mountain, and he grabbed this stick, and he said, Jesus, heal them. He said, all right, we go now. And the guy's like, wait, we can't, John G. Lake's like, we can't just go. He's like, Jesus heals, not us. And he said that he watched as like, he said, well, I'm just going to watch for a minute. And he said, people just began coming out of their house. See, th this man didn't have all the things of this world that kind of corrupted his belief and like blocked his belief. He just heard it, he saw it, he believed it, and he flowed in it. And, and, that's, and, and, that's, really, and that's really what we, we, we need to do. So when you preach the gospel, don't, don't, don't just believe that God wants to save that person from hell. God also wants to heal that person. Jesus died for their salvation and their healings. So, you know, believe if you have somebody who's a tough case, just, hey, can I pray for you? Once they, once they get prayed for and they get healed, they'll listen to the gospel message. Trust me. And so the final power gift that we're going to talk about uh, tonight, I know that I rambled a little bit long tonight, but the, the final power gift is like healing, but it's a little more expansive. It's the working of miracles. And so what is a miracle? A miracle is things that cannot be explained by science or natural means. The word miracle in the Greek means dunamis, which means powers. It's translated sometimes in the Bible, mighty powers, miraculous works, mighty deeds, signs and wonders. And it's also spoken about many times when there's a deliverance in the Bible, when a demon is, is cast out. There's several places where a demon's cast out and they'll say after that, we saw a miracle. So I believe when it comes to deliverance, deliverance falls under this, the gift of miracles. And, you know, the working of miracles is supernatural. It, it can't really be explained. How do you explain somebody that you just say the name of Jesus or you just touch them or you just put your hand on them and pray in the spirit and they start slithering on the ground like a snake. It wasn't in any kind of science books when I was in high school, right? 
it, it's, it's, it's supernatural. It's miraculous. It, it, can't, it can't be explained. A um, couple quick examples. Elisha and the floating axe head. Right? There's a company of prophets together. They're, they're, they're cutting down some trees. The one prophet, the axe head goes and starts floating down into the lake. And he's like, oh, it was borrowed. And Elisha's like, where's it at? He's like, over here. And he like throws a stick in the water and the axe head floats to the top. It's a miracle, right? It's the working, working of miracles. An axe head is not supposed to float on the top of the water. But it did. What about Jesus turning water into wine? Acts chapter 2. We know that story, right? They, they, ran, out of, they, they uh, ran out of wine. The, the party was going to be embarrassed. Jesus said, bring me the water pots. And then he said, now draw some out and take it to the master of the ceremony. What did the master of the ceremony say? You saved the best for last. Not only did he change the water into wine, he changed the water into good wine. He didn't change it into Boone's Farm or Tiger Rose, right? He, he, changed it into, he changed it into good wine because the, the guy tasted it. And he's like, why did you save the good wine for last? Like, usually we break out the good stuff. Then once people are drunk, you know, then we bust out the Mad Dog 2020. And they don't care by that time because they're drunk. I've heard of missionaries running out of gas out in the field. Praying that their car would, Lord, just put gas in this car. And their car would start up and not run out. I've heard of people's cars breaking down and they get out and lay hands on their car. Lord, heal my car. Get back in. I see some people clapping their hands. They get back in. Jump back in. Right? It's a miracle. It happens. I can remember one time we were we were doing a cookout out in the back and, uh, um, there was this guy, and he was, he was dating uh, one of my sister-in-laws, and he was just a hard, one of them hardcore, like, Jehovah Witnesses. And, and he happened to be there, and we were having this cookout, and he was there, and, and all of a sudden, it got real dark, you know, the dark clouds came in. It started to rain, and I said, oh, no. I said, you know what, we're just going to pray, and we're just going to believe. There was, like, four of us, like, it's pouring down rain. We're like, Lord, just stop this rain in the name of Jesus. Guess what? The rain stopped, clouds came out, and he's just kind of looking at us like, uh, I don't know, should I like leave now? What was it? It was the, it, it was a working, the working of miracles, things that are apart from God that you can't explain. And sometimes you just might be in a place where you need a miracle. But guess what? We serve a wonder-working miracle-working God, and he's on the inside of you. I, I keep saying it every week. Christianity is a supernatural religion, and we're called to be supernatural people, period. And if we moved in signs and wonders like this, like if we moved in the gifts of the Spirit on a regular basis, this church would fill up like that. Fill up quick. Because miracles and healings, and they destroy all doubt. They destroy all doubt. Like people can argue all kind of things with you, but, you know, when blinded eyes get open, when deaf people can hear, when people get out of wheelchairs, like when miracles happen, like 
the arguments go out the window. And, and I know I said it in the beginning, but Jesus said that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that promise, that gift is to you. It's not just to the apostles. That gift is to you. It's not to just an evangelist. That gift is to you. It's not just to the TV preacher. That gift is to you. It's not just to a missionary that went to Africa. Those gifts are for you. And so all we have to do is just desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says desire the gifts. And to just pray. Pray like the apostles prayed. Lord, give us courage to speak your word and allow signs, wonders, and miracles to flow through our hands. It's okay to pray like that. Let's just lift our hands all around the room as we close. Trey, if you want to get up on a keyboard. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want, I just want us to pray just once again, just, just to open ourselves just for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I bind any type of hindering spirits, any type of religious spirits. I break every type of imagination, every stronghold, every argument, every foul religious spirit, every demonic spirit. I bind you in the name of Jesus, and I pray right now just for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. I just pray that the river of the Holy Ghost would flow right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have a prayer language and you want to pray in the Holy Spirit, let's just fill this room. Let's just fill this room with the anointing. Just go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Maybe you never prayed in the Holy Ghost before. Just go ahead and let it flow. Just go ahead and lift up your voices. Lift up your voices to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Shira bosoro bakata sarebe shila boko do sarababashi. Riba bakoto sarabakati sheraboho. Raba soro kotosa. Riba bakoto sarabagidi sharaboko to sarababasila basoro koto sarababaho. Raba basoro bakata. Raba bakoto sarabaka. Reba basoro bashila babaso. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Riba baso. Yika taso, ereba kaka, ereba basoro besiraba, ereba basoro, ereba bakoto, ereketa sharekete serabo de serabaka, raba da sarabo hotsarabakita shalabokoto serabakaka, rabasi, reba sho, rekete sarabokota saraboko, rabakete seraboshi. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Do you not know? Have you not seen? Have you not heard? He is the wonder-working, miracle-working God. He's not confined by space or by time. The things that are impossible for you are not impossible for him. The things that seem too hard for you are easy for him. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
So before we close, I don't know, Pam, do you want to tell everybody what happened? I had an MRI done, and um, they said my rotator cuff and my um, bicep was tore away from the bone. And I, could, I was laughing as soon as I started doing this, because I was not able to do this. Not this, or this, or this, or not this. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray a blessing on each and every person here. Lord, I thank you for this night. Lord, I thank you that this night marks uh, a place where we took another step forward and we're not going back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go out and be blessed. Go give them heaven. If you didn't hear, like since last week, Trey got a new baby. Baby Jeremiah Israel was born. Wednesday, 8.30 in the morning, six pounds, two ounces. Mama and baby are next door, kind of healing up, but everything went good and God is good. They just came back home today, so praise God. Amen. So if everybody looked a little bit tired, that's why. Gracefully broken 
pouring out my life, gracefully broken. Lord, my heart stands in awe of your name, your mighty love stands strong to the end, you will fulfill your purpose for me, you won't forsake, you say, Lord, my heart stands in awe of your name, your mighty love stands strong to the end, you will fulfill your purpose for me.
over and over and over.